This is Brian Oaks, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Erskine, Minnesota. We are pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Conan in studio. We'll have reports from Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor. Mild weather on tap this week. Highs generally in the 50s. There may be even a few 60s seen before the week is done. Windy conditions are expected to pick up later today. The National Weather Service is calling for more seasonable temperatures by Thanksgiving. To avoid a government shutdown, House Speaker Mike Johnson is proposing a two-point spending bill. Funding for USDA, transportation, and a few other areas would be extended until January 19th. The continuing resolution for the rest of the federal agencies would expire in early February. The House could vote on this proposal as soon as tomorrow. In the Senate, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has scheduled a procedural vote this afternoon on a placeholder bill for a temporary spending bill. House Speaker Mike Johnson's plan to avoid a government shutdown includes an extension to the current farm bill by one year. The four leaders of the House and Senate Agriculture Committees released a statement afterwards saying they were able to come together to avoid a, fi a funding lapse for critical agricultural programs and provide certainty for farmers and ranchers. The Democratic and Republican leaders of the Ag Committees said this extension is not a substitute for passing a five-year farm bill and they remain committed to getting it done next year. 17 pages of the 32-page continuing resolution focused on a farm bill extension. President Joe Biden met, well, will meet with Chinese President Xi Jinping later this week in San Francisco. This rare face-to-face -face meeting will take place on the sidelines of the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Conference. This is Xi's first visit to the United States in six years. Trade will, be likely, uh, trade will likely be part of that discussion. For decades, the United States was the sole global superpower. In, view of, uh, in the view of geopolitical analyst Jacob Shapiro, the shift has been made to multipolarity without a dominant global power. In this environment, Shapiro said U.S. agriculture needs a more focused trade policy with countries who share our interests. So China is probably not a long-term partner from us on a trade or economic basis. Our interests are just not in common. Um, countries like Mexico, which is already angry at us for a lot of different reasons, or countries like Japan, um, these are, and maybe India, depending on how things develop there, but India is kind of a wild card. Um, we need to solidify relationships with those countries that we know are not hostile to American interests, but still want to import American goods, and also, I think, put more focus on the U.S. domestic market. Shapiro sees agricultural trade opportunities in Indonesia, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, and the Middle East. Shapiro, who's a partner with Cognitive Investments, has a mixed view regarding biofuels. just doesn't make sense to me. If, if we haven't fixed global hunger, why we're taking calories and putting them into fuel, especially when we're awash in natural gas, um, we could be building nuclear reactors, there's solar and wind, all this money coming in for a renewable transition. So I think biofuels is going to be a bridge to that renewable future, because I think that renewable future is probably years, if not decades away. Um, so in that sense, like I think biofuels will be around whether I like them or not. Um, but just from a sort of rational, if you're thinking about what the world is going to look like in 10 years and what you're going to grow crops for, the idea of growing crops for energy, when you have plenty of other energy sources, uh, there's cognitive dissonance there that I can't work out.
In an interview with the Red River Farm Network, Shapiro said he is incredibly optimistic about the next five to ten years. According to the latest information from the Association of Equipment Manufacturers, sales for four-wheel drive tractors grew nearly 13% year-over-year. Overall tractor sales are down 6%. Combine sales were down for the month, dropping more than 16%. Former North Dakota Grain Growers Association Executive Director Dan Wogslin is the 2023 NDSU Harvest Bowl Agribusiness Award recipient. I am so grateful and I'm so humbled and, and everything like that. What a what an opportunity and what a you know it just and it's it's all due to to you and to everyone in, in ag and everyone in North Dakota that that just is involved in North Dakota agriculture and everything like that. And my family, my friends, you know, it just, I'm so deeply, deeply gratified and I just appreciate it so much. Wogsland farmed for 27 years and served 16 years in the North Dakota legislature. Before retiring earlier this year, Wogsland spent 19 years in leadership with the North Dakota Grain Growers Association. In addition, 55 County Agriculturalist Award honorees were recognized Friday night. This is the Red River Farm Network. Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. The end of harvest is in sight for many farmers, and there's a short window for fall fertilizer application. Murdoch, Minnesota farmer Todd Wenzel says fall fertilizer application is essentially complete around his area. Right. Um, So a lot of the fertilizer went on this fall, I think, uh, in preparation of next year, but there's still some some to go, and this warm weather, of course, nobody expected this. (laughs) <laughs> compared to what we had a couple of weeks ago, but it's getting there. I talked with a person at the co-op this morning, and they don't have much going on anymore now. I would say the quality was really good. Um, yields were, I would say, just average to real good. Um, some places below average. If it was corn on corn this year, it probably wasn't uh, yielding quite as good as years past, but it really depended on soils and if you were lucky enough to get some rain during the summer. Wenzel is all wrapped up with corn harvest. Weather worked in his favor to keep combines rolling. It was a good harvest. Um, we had a little bit of wet weather here at the end of October, so that kind of delayed the completion of harvest in some areas for some people, but that's um, pretty well wrapping up now. There's just a few fields left in the area. We did have some moisture um, in the tail end of harvest there, but it didn't slow us up too much. And then, yes, after we got done, then there was more rain and some slop that came through that presented problems for people. Probably had to wait, delay some tailage, but we uh, we wrapped up before that inch or so of rain that came through. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. The fall feeder cattle run is underway. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. Perham Stockyards and Tri-County Livestock owner Mitch Bartle says cash cattle prices are following futures lower this fall. Calves that have been preconditioned are holding up the best. We've seen this uh, futures market drop, and it's showed up in our cattle market here at Alive and our cash cattle. Um, the cattle that are coming from cattlemen that give shots and uh, got good genetics and lean and do their job haven't seen that much of a drop. The cattle that uh, come that aren't vaccinated and not weaned and not genetically as good as the other cattle, um, they have seen a bigger drop. So, And we've been dealing with some mud and rain and snow, so that's uh, crimped some of our pens. And uh, we're trying to get this harvest done, get combining done, bale corn stocks and, 
And so everybody's busy, busy, busy right now, so that all feeds into this market. Cattle markets follow weather as well this time of year. Fluctuating temperatures have an impact on animal health. Historically, uh, the middle to the third week of October, you'll start to see it drop some because the weather gets a little more questionable and a lot of cattle get moved. And so some pens are filling up and they're probably dealing with treating a few cattle. And the weather gets kind of goofy with a little rain, snow, cool, warm, and that's hard on cattle health. So that always plays in the market historically every year at this time. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. Cattle futures saw some limited short covering Friday as the sell-off earlier in the week. Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzalo said the market is set up similar to 2014-2015. And the best thing we have going for us is a fat cattle price that in the cash market that is about $7 over $8 over where we're sitting in December futures. Um, this is very similar to the 2014-2015 model year that I've been running with, not because we didn't know production was going to go down. We, I don't think the trade realized, once again, the power of imports coming into the country and the power of exports being reduced uh, out of the, the, the United States. Zuzalo is hopeful the cattle market will stabilize after Thanksgiving. Um, I, I think I'm hopeful, though, that as we get into the holiday seasonal purchases, we get past the poultry and the ham seasonal Thanksgiving, the cattle find some support in the you know, not-too-distant future. But this is, I think, fund-led, and therefore um, they're probably going to run it pretty hard to the downside in the short term. The Senate Agriculture Committee has scheduled a hearing to take place tomorrow to consider the use of artificial intelligence in agriculture. Academic and technology industry leaders will testify. Dr. Jose Marie Griffiths, president of Dakota State University, is one of the witnesses. Dakota State University is located in Madison, South Dakota. Testimony on the pricing formula for federal milk marketing order will reform, uh, order reform will resume November 27th. Hearings outside of Indianapolis were recessed October 11th. That process began late in August. The milk marketing orders have not seen significant reform in more than 20 years. Reporting Agriculture's Business, this is the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. There are wide gaps in perceptions between farmers and consumers. That's according to a survey conducted this past spring by Nutrien. The largest divide between farmers and consumers is in environmental stewardship. When asked if farmers use more chemicals than necessary, there is a 45-point difference of opinion between production agriculture and consumers. 55% of consumers have an overall negative top-of-mind perception about agriculture. Nutrien Director of Sustainability Program Management, Sally Fliss, said the survey also found common ground, though, between farmers and consumers. One really interesting thing we learned was that um, both consumers and farmers see um, agriculture as a key key piece of a an important industry for going forward with a sustainable future. So um, an interesting overlap there that shows that we have got some ground to start in a common place on when we're talking with farmers and consumers about agricultural production and specifically sustainable agri agricultural production and practices and technologies. Bliss is hopeful this study will encourage farmers to tell their story. North Dakota Farm Bureau hosting their annual convention November 17th, 18th in Fargo. 
Chief Executive Jeff Missling looks forward to hearing from members. It's always kind of a celebratory mood. Um, very important part of our work because this is where we draft, uh, our members draft the policy stances that they want to see for us uh, for the next year. So we're excited about that again. We're meeting coming up here November 17th and 18th. It's in Fargo this year. We switch it up every every other year um, between Bismarck and Fargo. And um, So yeah, we, we have policy discussions. We do elect some new board representation and committee representation and then have a little bit of fun on Saturday evening, a banquet, and we do raise money for uh, our foundation. Missling expects to hear a wide range of policy discussions throughout the event. Animal welfare is always a big topic of conversation. Just general livestock production in the state and how we can broaden that um, here in North Dakota. Agricultural zoning plays into that as well. You know, private property rights protection has always been something very close to NDFB members. Uh, tax issues, education funding, higher ed. We even delve into higher education uh, a little bit. And so just a lot of, a vast array of, you know, water issues, easement issues, um, you name it, we tend to cover it and talk about it. That's what makes our, our policy discussions at this meeting so much fun, I think. Checking into markets, we have Minneapolis wheat, the D's contract down three and three quarter cents at 726 and three quarters. Chicago wheat for December, four and a half down, and KC wheat, down five and three quarters for December. Dees corn one and a half lower, four sixty two and a half, and soybeans January a four cent gain, thirteen fifty one and a half is the uh, quote we're seeing there. As we check in on the farm calendar, the North Dakota Department of Agriculture has a series of farm to school meetings over the next two months to talk about improving access to local foods in schools. There's a session coming up tomorrow. It'll be held in Jamestown, 3.30 in the afternoon. Have a good day. This is the Red River Farm Network.